Do you think there are fewer weddings on Christmas or 9-11? Um, I think, for, you know, my grandparents got married on Christmas. Did they really? Yeah. Your grandparents, Mr. and Mrs. Claus. <laughs> oh, hey, wait a minute. We're live. Oh, hey, we are live. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the All That in a Glass of Water podcast. I'm your host, Trevor. I'm your other host, Lily. Santa's anniversary isn't on Christmas. <laughs> That's not <laughs> the lore I don't behind th- his behind that guy. It's weird that, like they they uh, we have the whole Santa thing. Oh, what the hell was that? Got an Did I email. Just get an email. Who's it from? Wait, what? Hang on, let's. I gotta check this email. Oh, let's read some... this email live. Oh, okay, submission posted, book review, which I got a ninety three on. So I'm hey, happy about that. Good job. Um, you were I... working hard on that one. No. Ooh. You were you were certainly working on it. I was working on it. I, I wouldn't say I was working hard on it. I think I was working the minimum amount I could to get the grade I did. Um, hey, you ever had like sometimes I I get a grade back and I like I lose a little bit of respect for the professor because I think I should have done like a lot worse than the final grade that I got. I think that shows a lack of confidence in yourself and uh, belief in your own abilities. So these professors have been doing this a long time. That's true. Here at our our tenured university of UNC, yeah, and they know their stuff. And if your grade was, if your paper was bad, they would have given you a bad grade, and you did great, Trevor. I suppose. Um, but Santa, yeah, Santa Claus. Um, for for people like us who were raised Christian, God we got bless. the messaging that the Christmas Day was Jesus's birthday or at least that's when we celebrate jesus's birthday Mm -hmm. but they never make the actual connection between like jesus and santa claus right you know it's just like just so happens same day jesus was born this guy likes to come around and give all the good kids presents yeah which i think there was that one animated or like claymation movie where they like try to explain it it's like i can't remember what it was called but it's like the origins of santa the year without a santa claus is that it it's like in the same style as rudolph the red-nosed reindeer I f- are we talking the one with uh mr hot and mr cold i think i think that's <laughs> it i think that's the one i remember a song from that i don't know any of the lyrics oh here it is it's called santa claus is coming to town from oh 1970. yeah 1970. that style both fascinates and terrifies me. I th- yeah, certain yeah. memories are locked up inside that claymation style. Yeah, I I think me I had like a a um like a box set a Christmas box set with like all three. Uh, I guess it was Santa Claus is coming to town, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, of course, mm-hmm. and then I guess Frosty the Snowman is what it says here, but so, that's not the same style. There's a year. With, I know there's a year without a Santa Claus. I think that's like the same. I remember having a very similar style to uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. This is our Christmas episode, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> We're doing it pretty early. Um, I think I remember this one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Santa gets like kidnapped or something. Was that the plot of it? I probably. I couldn't tell you. I I think he gets tired of Christmas, mm. so he says he's not going to do it, and then he. I remember this song about a girl who's so blue. It's Elvis's blue song. That's but right. It's a little girl singing it because she's really blue because there's no Christmas this year. Yeah. And honestly, that would suck. That would suck. Um, and that 
happens if if you don't if your family doesn't have a lot of money, and that's the truth. <laughs> it's true. I watched um, last night actually the Simpsons Christmas special, which is the first ever episode of The Simpsons. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was it was a, it's a real interesting commentary on Christmas for those in poverty. Yeah. And uh, Homer works as a Santa at a mall, which was relatable to me. Um, and they get a dog at the end. Oh. And that's, I don't know if that's a recurring. I've, that's the only episode of The Simpsons I've ever seen. It was a good time. <laughs> I think me too. Well, no, I've seen other episodes. But that I, I remember I was trying to, I was going to like try to watch The Simpsons. And then I fell asleep during that first episode. <laughs> so I gave up on that, on that dream. Um, but yeah, my mom used to say that really for Christmas you should just get like a, a tangerine and some socks uh, or something to that effect because that's, you know, what a lot of people can, can only afford, really. That's so. right. I really rely on uh, the razors and shaving cream my parents always get me. Yeah. Because that's the only time I buy that stuff. <laughs> I don't buy it. It's the only time I acquire that stuff anyway. My razors are really dull right now because it's been, you know, it's been a couple months since yeah. Christmas. <laughs> so I'm getting pretty, pretty, I'm getting a beard over here and I need to fix that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Santa. Anyways, we have water. That's right. I got this from what I believe is Phillips Hall at our university. It's where I have my history of warfare class. Uh, and I had to, I had to fight someone off. To get this water, actually. Oh my gosh! A big battle for the uh, for the uh, water fountain always before that class. Is it, do you use like the, the phalanx formation? Oh yeah. And uh, are are we talking the Greek phalanx or the Macedonian phalanx? Uh, Macedonian. Oh, so they got the big the big pikes then. Uh, sixteen foot long. Yeah. Right. I watched this guy on TikTok called Robin Swords. You ever seen that guy? I haven't. No. He's he he's really into swords. It oh. makes me want to get into swords. He's just really fucking knowledgeable about like stances. Oh, okay. Swords, like fighting styles, stuff like that. Yeah, he's uh, like he reviews guards from video games. He's like, this is why Lincoln, the Legend of Zelda's guard, seems inefficient. Oh, we're gonna drink this water also. Almost like a game theory kind of kind of guy. Um. My professor in this class is very into like, um, like sm- smiting. I guess smithing. He like, uh, like makes things out of like bronze and stuff. Oh, and like f- and like forges things. Like smithing. Smithing. <laughs> yeah. He summons lightning to hit people. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to. If someone speaks out of turn during class, he rains a thunderbolt down upon them. Yeah, um, it's a big hole in his lecture hall. Yeah, it's right. It's always the same seat. It's surprising people still sit in the one <laughs> seat that's like burnt by lightning. Yeah, and there's a big big hole in the ceiling right above it. Uh, it's weird that he like took this job at the university, considering he has godlike powers. Um, and could probably just make money out of thin air, nothingness. Yeah, but I get he gets some sort of personal enjoyment out of it, and uh, yeah, he found his passion. Yeah, he Ac- did. Academia is important. Um, so this, this blood soaked water here, mm-hmm. I'm going to give this like a two out of five, not much flavor, uh, keep you hydrated, but won't do anything else for you. A lot of iron in there. Yeah. Uh, if someone got struck by lightning, would they bleed? Would they bleed? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I honestly, I can tell you. Hmm. My guess is no. Cause like 
I don't know where there's not like a cut, right? right? It would probably just really fuck up your like motor neuron system. It's always um, like in movies whenever someone's like been through a scuffle, they get a cut on their cheek. And it's like, what cut your cheek? Harry Potter. I always notice this in the end of Harry Potter, Deathly Hollows Part 2. Gradually through the movie, they just acquire more cuts. It's yeah. like, what's cutting you? You're getting hit by, like, fireballs and shit. That's <laughs> true. But there's, like, there's a bunch of rubble all over the floor. Maybe, like, off screen they trip <laughs> and they just get, like, a scrape on their face unrelated to the actual battle. I guess so, yeah. That's, that must be it. They're going through the woods and a tree branch gets them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Um, I gave this water a... I'm also going to give it a two out of five thirsty points. Yeah. It's, uh, it tastes a little weird. Oh, well. Yeah, not bad. There's a lot of... um. Speaking of smithing and, and things like that and, mm-hmm. and like swords, uh, this professor, he always shows some... Or he... A lot of the time, he, sh- he shows various like ancient like battle tactics and there's like one dude in the world who still knows like how to like shoot like arrows from horseback like the right way like they would have back in the uh the uh, days of of mongol rule yeah um, which is which is interesting you know that this knowledge is still sort of alive in this um if you know somewhat contrived way i guess which you know isn't i think there's still a very strong tradition of like horseback riding in, in Mongolia. So I don't want to dismiss that. Um, but yeah. Anyways. Yeah. This Robin Swords guy talks a lot about like what sources from history. He's talking, you know, because he's, he's from the U.S. So his study mostly focuses on Western sword fighting mm-hmm. in like Europe. Um, and he sometimes has people on that know about like Japanese sword fighting tradition. It's very interesting, like the cultural differences. And just how, like, a big stick of metal is used to harm people. Yeah. There's, like, so much variety. Um, But it's, like, they figured that shit out in, like, the 1200s. And now they're back and looking at, like, tapestries that demonstrate how to properly hold a guard with a a great sword. And it's, like, oh, hey, they perfected it. It's weird that now we have to go back to them for this knowledge. I'm like, with all of our technology, yeah, we haven't found a better way to hold the great sword. <laughs> <laughs> um, huh? Yeah. Well, I guess because you know, you know, in a, in a few hundred years, in a few thousand years, I'm sure they're going to be looking back at at videos, uh, you know, uh, about how the be- the best way to to do a drone strike, you know, that right. and that knowledge will be lost. Yeah, because um, they're going to have some crazy new teleportation technology or something to wage war. Mm-hmm. Um, if you got sent 3,000 years in the future, what would you be an expert on enough to educate all of society about something from today? Uh, I don't know. Maybe like Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the completely useless one small little piece of um, of a culture that I'm not even a part of, actually. Right. It's British, but... Um, in terms of like just day to day things, I guess like I don't know. I can make a latte. There you go. Not even very well. Um, well, they don't. They won't know. Maybe everyone in the past was like a fucking kick ass cook, and now we're like all they could eat was boiled 
squirrel meat because <laughs> the only records we have are, are like really bad cooks. Yeah, right. <laughs> no That's one else wrote it down. <laughs> um, I guess maybe if like like writing systems have been lost and everything is sort of typed, maybe I could teach them how to use like a pen. Mm. Um, I don't, what about you? Uh, I was thinking about this recently because I was like, feel like I should know more about one thing. Mm-hmm. I think I have a pretty good like base level knowledge of a good number of things. I'm a decently like learned person i like to think sure yeah but there's nothing any no one's ever having a conversation and being like oh we need to get lily in here right to to let us know about this thing um maybe 21st century improv (laughs) i do (laughs) drop off pre you know the 80s don't ask me about it yeah but i know a good number of improvisers from 2005 (laughs) Yeah. Name a few. Name a couple. Uh, Steve Carell. Sure. Amy Poehler. Sure. Amy Richter. It's all just people that were famous later (laughs) from from their non-improv work, but I know that they did improv before. That's my main base of knowledge. Where did Andy Richter train for for his improv? Uh, He was at UCB, which I think think he did Second City first, and then he started UCB Okay. uh, with Amy Poehler and probably other people. Tina Fey was in there for a while. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Ask me one person who's not famous now, couldn't tell you. <laughs> like it's already um, well known people. I just know little facts about them. I didn't know that Andy Richter was a had improv origins. Yeah. Um, yeah. Huh. So that's my answer. Let's get Andy Richter on the podcast. What's he doing now? Um I think he has a podcast. He has the three questions with Andy Richter. Does he? Wasn't he Conan's little boy? <laughs> He was, he was Conan's Ed McMahon. Yeah, they don't um, let they don't let him on the Conan podcast. He was a guest on an episode, but now his Conan's like assistant Sona is more like the sidekick. Oh kind yeah, of role. Um, and they also have the producer Matt Gorley there too. But yeah, they kind of I don't know. They didn't oust Andy Richter because I'm I, I like I'm sure that he could be more involved with that if if he really wanted to. Um, you don't know that. That's true. Could be a lot of bad blood between them. Maybe. I doubt it. I mean, Conan let Andy back on uh, when he went back to TBS, or not when he went to back to TBS, when he went back, when he got The Tonight Show in 2010, because Andy Richter was gone for like 10 years. Um. Anyways, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I could tell people about in the future is you could, all about late night talk shows. I, your thing should have been late night talk yeah. shows, because you're definitely the most knowledgeable person I know mm. on late night talk shows. Um, now I regret my answer because I'm not knowledgeable enough on on to, 21st century improv either. I know enough about it to get by in my day to day. You could do some. They might in 3,000 years in the future, the art form of of improv might be lost. You might bring it back to them. That's true. But I like I don't know. I could teach them some improv games. Yeah. But I couldn't provide the historical context for them. Sure. I can't tell them which which team of Second City this was first popularized by. Yeah. And that's like I feel like that's what they need from me. Well, I mean, that's, I, I mean, I don't I don't know. I, I I do improv. I don't know almost anything about the history of of improv. Yeah, I it's just... a worthless circle jerk of information. <laughs> so is um, a lot of things. Yeah. Um. 
sometimes I sit in class and I think, why do I need to know this? But then I'm like, well, it's important to keep like the, you know, human knowledge alive. And it's important to, to teach that to, to new people and to pass it on, um, no matter how immediately useful that information is to our actual daily lives. Um, right. I think it is important to have, you know, uh, knowledge, to keep that knowledge um you know, in in the in the minds of at least someone, and and you're one of those people. That's so. right. I don't know. It's just, like I would never sit down and be like, I'm gonna learn history of improv. Sure, because that's like feels useless to me. Feels counterintuitive to the whole kind of point of it. Yeah. Um. But I also feel that about like more academic interests. I I do a lot of poetry mm-hmm. recently. Um, and whenever we read like poets talking about their own poetry i'm like gosh sit pretty self-important huh maybe i just don't value anything i'm good at and i think all of it's a worthless circle jerk and i'm wasting my time so i anyone talking seriously about poetry or improv or anything else that i like doing i'm like god get a load of this guy (laughs) yeah kind of mean of me perhaps um that's fair i think i mean i guess would you rather like watch actual improv or like read actual poetry rather than listen or talk about those things. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. I like talking about either actually consuming the thing or people talking about how they do it mm-hmm. is interesting to me. But I don't know. When people get more high level, like what is this doing for us as a as a human human concept. Sure. Then I'm like, okay, well, you know, just write just write some poetry. Yeah, over here and we'll buy your books and it'll be awesome. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't think there's any point in thinking about what good the thing you're doing is for humanity. I guess as long as it's like doing something in the present, I think that contributes to humanity overall. You know, even if it's like in a really minuscule, small way. But I mean, in the in the vastness of all the hundred billion people that have ever lived or whatever much it is, you know, anything that we do is going to be like minuscule, um, just one minuscule drop in the pond of human experience. So, right. God doesn't care how good our Herald is. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, anyways, let's, 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 uh, what was your original question? (laughs) Uh, what was the thing? Think about the knowledge going 3000 years. I'm going to change my answer to fucking, uh, shit. I'm going to change my answer to Adobe Audition. (laughs) To Adobe Audition? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Basic Adobe Audition I could teach people 3,000 years from now. It doesn't like... It, they lost the software, so you have to like kind of draw out what it did look like, and yes. you're like, okay, so if you wanted to make sure your levels were matching, you'd <laughs> right. have to uh, adjust this. Um, I have to draw out the whole drop down menu. Yeah, but I don't. I don't remember what all the options are. Only the one important <laughs> one. So it's like there. Are, there are going to be a whole bunch here that you don't need. Okay, just ignore those. Um, like this. We we've been using AI to generate our audio files for 2,000 years now. <laughs> um, in 2,000 years, everyone is going to have a podcast, but no one is going to need to edit it because it's like the AI is just going to cut out all the BS um, and it's going to know exactly what everyone wants to hear because the algorithm is just that fucking good. Probably. And like 
your podcast can be like tailor made to each individual listener too. So it'll just like cut around the parts that that the algorithm knows that listener doesn't like. Yeah, um, let's. We need to get some stuff in here for the more out there audience, because you know, all of our stuff is a. Uh, this is a good segue. Okay. All of our stuff is for old teenagers. Is that true? Especially you know, already what we've been talking about today. Like, you got to be, it's all about college life. That's mm-hmm. step one of our podcast is it's, we, we bring it into the campus quite a bit. Yeah. And we talk about our day-to-day, our classes, that type of thing. So I don't feel like we appeal hugely to like the over 40 market. <laughs> is that, oh, right. Yeah, of course. We want We really want to capture that over 40 market. Um, well, we don't have to, uh-huh. but I just don't think we do, which is fine. That's not who our podcast is aimed at. Yeah. But also, I sure hope they're into some old fucking TV <laughs> because that's all we talk about either. That's true. As we go from, we went to call it, we went to school today. Uh-huh. To talking about the TV show that ended minimum ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. We don't because okay. Part of this problem is I think I've brought I may have brought this up on the podcast before, but like if someone's like talking about a TV show, if it's like currently and if it, if a TV show is currently popular, mm-hmm. every fiber of my being is gonna avoid watching that TV show because I need to. I separate myself from the herd because I need to fucking be special for some reason. Now, I know, you know we're both thinking about Amazon Prime's The Boys, <laughs> I, yeah. which Trevor really <laughs> needs to watch because I would love to talk about it on this podcast. Now, is The Boys, is that show finished? No. See, that's another has, problem. At least I think season four might be the final one. Mm. Maybe not. You see, I don't like to start TV shows that I know are going to have more seasons coming out. Because, like, when the new season comes out, I'm going to have to rewatch the show to, like, know what the fuck is going on. Um, and I don't, I'm like, I don't, I, I don't want to do that. I only have limited time on this earth. I can't be rewatching things, you know, even if they're really, really good. Yeah. I just watch, like, recap videos on YouTube. Because I love that when I'm watching a show that's currently airing and, like, mm-hmm. popular. I really enjoyed the end of Game of Thrones, even though the last two seasons were terrible. But I started watching right after season five finished airing. Mm-hmm. So like six, seven, eight, I got those live. And, you know, you go to Twitter right after it airs. Everyone's talking about their big theories for who's going to, who's who Arya kissed at the end Ooh. of the episode. <laughs> um, and it's a lot of fun to be part of that conversation while it's still going on, I think. Right. See, I like to, I guess, because I like to kind of, separate myself from those conversations and try to formulate my own opinions and then go to like the reddit or whatever and see what the you know what the discourse is what the popular opinion is um so i guess i like to to not be plugged into the conversation so that way i can formulate my own uh, opinions without that sort of outside influence um Maybe that's an aspect of it for me. Also, I I have not watched Game of Thrones, and like knowing that it ends badly, I'm probably n- never gonna watch it. Yeah. But hearing you say just now that you were okay with the ending. Oh no. Oh, you weren't okay with the ending. No, it was. I enjoyed the experience of. Right. It, it happening. So there is no point in watching it. No. Okay. I honestly think they blew it, and you shouldn't watch Game okay. of Thrones anymore. Well, that's good to see. That's good to know. What yeah. if What if the next season of The Boys fucking sucks? And everyone's disappointed. 
That'd be a re- that'd be a real shame. That's yeah. why I think you should get in now while it's still really good, and that way, at least if it sucks later, you you've experienced the good part without it being tainted yet. Right. It's like if you didn't watch the Lord of the Rings before the Hobbit came out, and now you think you have to watch the Hobbit. Right. Um. I don't think I've ever watched all three Lord of the Rings movies. Really? I just finished doing that too. I have watched all three Hobbit movies though. <laughs> Why? Because I don't know they're coming out in theaters. Right. See, because it's coming out. But I was so like, you get into it. I was a shot. Ch- I wasn't into it though. I just like it wasn't even like a quiet. Like I just like went and saw them because like my dad was like, "Hey, you want to see this movie?" And I was like, "Yeah, fucking why not? I'm not doing anything else." Yeah. You know? I did the same. You think we were in the same showing of The Hobbit Desolation of Smaug? Possibly. With was it Concord Mills Mall? Uh, possibly. Probably not, but, but maybe. We could I could have seen you there. It's it's possible. I also I had a a uh, an extra role in the movie. So you definitely saw <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, did you? Yeah. What part? I was uh it was like in the background in Smog's like layer i was like a i was a little goblin i was i was putting coins in my little pouch it was just another guy <laughs> kind of the whole point of that scene is it's just bilbo and smog no but and they're, they're having their little their little talk while bilbo's invisible but there's also a little <laughs> goblin guy back there played by you in mocap i guess or was it you like in no this makeup? was this was practical effects there was actually uh, a deleted scene there was a shot of me Cause like they kind of like turn to me and they're like, "Hey, dude, like, what the fuck?" There's like kind of an awkward moment, and I'm like, "Oh, oh!" <laughs> and then I run off. Um, <laughs> I forgot about this scene. <laughs> yeah, well, it was it was deleted, so oh, it's only um, in the extended. Versions? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, wow. only the extended versions that I burned to my personal DVD copy that uh, lives in my home now. Did you have a character name? Um, it wasn't in the credits. I was. Uh, just credited as uh, background goblin in the right. credits, but my uh, name that I gave to myself for the sort of character building yeah. that I did uh, was uh, Tilbo. <laughs> Tilbo Tabins. He went on like a really similar journey to Bilbo, but just from the other's end. Yeah, and it was it was uh yeah, exactly. But he's going from he's going up from goblin up from Goblin Town. From Goblin Town, yeah. They do kill every goblin. Oh, there are goblins in the, in, in the Hobbit. The, I forgot. Yeah, in an unexpected journey, they get they get stuck in the goblin caves, and while all the all the dwarves are off having their grand old time, Gandalf fucking cuts one of the goblins' heads off. Uh, Bilbo's getting the ring. That from was the actually Gollum. my father, um, <laughs> Your real life dad. Yeah, and I was. Did Sir Ian McKellen kill him? Yeah, he wow. did in in real life. Um, it was really tragic, um, and I was able to implement that into the. The portrayal of my of my character um, in that later scene. Wow! So, T- yeah, justice for Tilbo. Justice for Tilbo. Get him, get him put back into the big twentieth anniversary re-release. That's right. Um, we, we got a couple years to go, but what's the director's name? Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Peter, listen, I know you had some issues with me. I know we had our problems, uh, me and you. But I think it's it's about time you release that extended cut to the to the general population. Um, yeah, yeah. You left Benedict Cumberbatch in it. <laughs> cut a little bit of him. Exactly. Fit Tilbo in there. You think Benedict Cumberbatch is a good actor? Uh, I'm see. I'm a Sherlock defender. Oh, have you seen okay. Sherlock? Yeah. 
I I do enjoy a good Sherlock. I do. I fucking love Martin Freeman. Yeah, he was my favorite actor for a time. Oh yeah. Uh, because I just really like Sherlock, and I like Fargo, season one. He's very good in. Um, but yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch and Sherlock. I'm I love him. Okay. What, what can I say? I like Doctor Strange too. I I Sherlock has gotten a lot of uh. Not backlash, but it's just been like not retrospectively, right? Yeah, um, but I I think Sherlock is good for what it you know it's not like I don't think like as a series it's like really really good or anything, but I think episode to episode it's like intriguing, it's interesting, it it keeps you know my attention anyways, which isn't always the easiest thing to do. Um, and Stephen Moffat is Stephen Moffat can only write one type of character. Um, annoying, smart dude. Exact. Well, not necessarily annoying, but like smart dude for sure. Like that's what he. That's like the only type of writing I've seen Stephen Moffat do. Mm-hmm. But he's good at it. So I don't know. I mean, I think I think it works. Um, yeah, I haven't seen the uh, David Tennant Doctor Who's. Mm-hmm. Just yet, roughly once a year, I'll watch another episode of Doctor Who, and eventually I'll get get through that one season before David Tennant. Uh, we'll be there in a couple of years. Yeah. I'm so 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 excited. It's yeah. gonna be great. Well, he didn't write. Uh, well, he wrote some David Tennant episodes. But he's he wrote mostly for uh, Matthew Smith, right? Otherwise known as Matt Smith, <laughs> between friends. Um, Ms. If you really know him. <laughs> yeah. Not related to the chronic illness. No, um, it's an unfortunate nickname he was given. <laughs> when I was in school, we did this. I volunteered at a haunted hayride. Oh. Uh, to stop MS. We didn't know what MS was. We thought it meant middle school. So we were doing a haunted <laughs> hayride to stop middle school. <laughs> Which is a noble cause for a person your age. Yeah, for someone... Probably just out of middle school at that yeah. point. I was like, yeah, dude, rough time. <laughs> we should stop this for everybody. Um, and that fight continues. Um, <laughs> One day. We're going to end the horrible institution of middle school. Why does middle school have like a, it has like a stereotype of being like the place where you're going to get like bullied mm-hmm. if, if you're not the bully? Um, yeah. Why is that? Is it just because of that age, or do you think it has something to do with the cultural perception of middle school as like an institution in our country? I don't know. Cause I did a lot of bully-worthy things in middle school. Really? And they got me for them. <laughs> really? You were yeah. a bully in middle school? What'd you do? No. I did oh. stuff worthy of being bullied, <laughs> and they did bully me for it. I see what you mean. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um. I don't know. I think kids that age are uh, awkward. Yeah. And also mean. Yeah. And those are the two sides of their personality. They have a part that can be bullied and a part that can bully. And they clash together really well. This is sort of a new uh, psychological theory. Yeah, we're replacing the id and the and the ego and whatnot with the, the cringe and the cringes. Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah, There's there's a part of you... That creates cringe and the part of you that tries to suppress cringe in others. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, this is actually really true. It is. No, <laughs> I remember in middle school, I would like, I would just like want to be like really smart, I guess. And so I would be like, hey, did you guys know that the, uh, the dragonfly, actually, you know, when you see those double dragonflies, those are actually the dragonflies during their mating cycle. What? Uh, and then little T-ball, that's what they called you. That's yeah. little T-ball. What the what the hell are you saying to me? Ah. I'm I'm the hottest girl in school. <laughs> what are you doing at my lunch table? And if you were so inclined, we could be like those two. What the dragonflies? Fuck? Oh, you, Miss Hot. What the- Miss Hot Girl. You're in eighth grade. I'm in sixth grade. What are you? <laughs> what are you fucking doing? I'm... You weird. <laughs> I could teach you so many facts. Oh, you're so young and so oh, oh, there's you. so much knowledge I could teach you oh, as your gra- brain grows. Hey, Trevor, it's the principal. Are you fucking bothering her again? No, God. she likes it. We, God, Jesus Christ, little T-ball. We talked about this. Um, I want to clarify. I did not try to hit on sixth graders as an eighth grader. No. Or now. Um, or you, at don't, any, you still any don't point. try to hit on sixth graders? I, I do not, no. That's, That's good. a practice I've continued to not do. Yeah. Is, um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe when I was in sixth grade, I don't remember. I'm sure I was. I'm sure I liked somebody. I'm sure I had a little, little crush on somebody. Right. In sixth grade. There's in high school. There was all the. There's those freshmen at prom, and you're like, oh man, who who let you in here? Oh god, <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. Let it's yeah. That's weird. High high school's like the one time where, not not the one time, but it's like a weird time because like. Like if you're like 33 and you're dating like a 30 year old, pretty like well, fucking whatever. Who who gives a shit? Yeah. But like when you're like 17, you're dating a 14 year old. It's like whew, right. I don't know. So much changes in a year when you're that old. Yeah. They're like hot dog. Yeah. Um. Definitely like a power dynamic there, I think, and I think it has more to do with like your grade probably than your age. Um. But it's hard to. Cause like I had a I had a GF in high school and she was a year older than me but we were in the same like grade yeah so it felt like we were at like the same level, um at least in terms of like our like emotional and mental development you know right um just was it did she turn eighteen while you were dating I should know that you don't um, have to it's not required yes she did was that a weird time for you like a year. Where you were uh, in the eyes of God, an illegal couple. <laughs> um, well, I think there were Romeo and Juliet laws. Yeah, it, no, think, it wouldn't actually be illegal. Yeah, but which, which is good. I think I don't. People probably shouldn't have to break up this day they turn eighteen. <laughs> also, I think the age of consent in North Carolina is actually sixteen. Oh, so you know, um, what the hell? Yeah, we. I guess technically, legally, we could date a 16 year old jesus christ which is kind of messed up i wouldn't date a a 20 year old (laughs) as a 21 year old yeah 21 year old those are fucking babies yeah little non-alcoholic babies yeah um just for the record that's a joke any 20 year olds looking for (laughs) somebody to date hit me up um i i don't know it's um yeah High, middle school, high school. Uh, middle school is also the time when you, I guess, get your first crushes. Mm. Like I was saying, you get, you know, your little 
I guess, well, I had, I feel like I had crushes in like elementary school, but I don't think they were like, I don't know. They were like different. It was like more, uh, I, uh, I guess, I don't know, through watching too much TV, probably, I felt like I almost needed to have like a crush on somebody like in elementary school. That that was like the natural sort of thing to do, I guess. Um, even though I didn't have any real romantic or, or sexual desire at that point. I was a fucking dating machine in elementary school. Really? I dated like eight people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just dating entails like asking if they want to date and then they say yes. Yeah. And then we don't speak again until we break up because we're missing some some playground drama. Yeah. And we need to spice it up a little bit. So we're like, let's do a breakup storyline. <laughs> <laughs> but I did that a lot with a yeah. surprising quantity of people. Was this like all throughout elementary um, school or was there a particular grade where you f- were feeling very bachelor-esque? I think in fourth grade I was a real, I was going really all over the place. Ooh. Um, I can remember three people specifically I dated in fourth grade. And these were all like first, second graders that you were dating, <laughs> you're asking out? From the local preschool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, these were these were other people in your class, right? In your fourth grade yeah, class. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and now it's like awkward. Now I'm like, because some of these people I still know, just like they've carried over. You know, they lived lived in my neighborhood or whatever. You're saying it's still awkward. <laughs> yeah, from a that. little bit. <laughs> I would still feel weird if I went and saw this person. Really? Um, what one of these people that I'm thinking of? It's a little bit weird. Really? I don't even know if they remember. I imagine they do. What we had was real. <laughs> <laughs> you should go to their door with like flowers and say, I never forgot you ever since that day in fourth grade. I've, I've been regretting it. Yeah. I. You know what? I should. I need to go fix some things, Trevor. <laughs> oh, she's leaving. She's off. She's off to make her life better. Recouple with her lost love. She said no. Oh, she said she's dating little Tommy Timmy t- Two Shoes Let, from oh. the grade above us. Oh no! <laughs> Everybody, he's still called little Tommy Timmy Two Shoes. He's That's... thirty-six now. He, he he aged faster than the rest of us. Um, that's I, I'm I you know I'm so sorry, little Tommy Timmy Two Shoes. He's um, you know it's tough to compete with uh with someone in. Older than you, really. I mean, he's got so many shoes. He's got way more shoes than me. Well, he's yeah, yeah. I mean, you he had the are you, he was starting off with the two in in fifth grade, and he's just built up since then. I assume. Yeah. Um. How many I, pairs of shoes did you own in elementary school? Sorry, I cut you off there. Probably like two. Yeah. Um. I'm I probably own like my regular tennis shoes that I went to school with, and then like a pair of Crocs. Yeah. So. Nice. What about you? Probably same. It's been a long running theme in my family where they're like, you should own more shoes. <laughs> really? And I'm like, I don't need more shoes. Yeah. Yeah. I've recently owned more shoes because now I, I don't know. I've figured out style more. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I don't have to wear my black Nike with holes in them for every single outfit. So I mix it up a little bit. I pretty much just wear my shoes until they're completely worn out and all the traction on the on the bottom is it's flat essentially. Yeah. And I never like want to go out and buy new things for myself um unless it's like I don't know like food or something that I don't actually need. 
like shoes. Um, and so my mom is always like, Trevor, your shoes are literally falling apart. The <laughs> bottoms are falling off. Um, you have to go to rack room and buy a new pair, Trevor. And I'm like, it's fine, mom. I can still walk around. Like I'm not, I'm not, you know, there's no nails getting through or anything. So I'm exactly, yeah, they're still usable. Um, it's just that they look like shit and like, and they don't feel very good on my feet. Yeah. Um, since I moved out from college, I don't know that I've bought a new pair of like my, my regular tennis shoes, which I do still wear all the time. Are you wearing them now? No, I'm wearing Converse today. I'm uh, being a little bit fancy. Ooh. Um, but like they don't quite have holes in them, mm-hmm. but there are parts of the fabric that are really thin. Like if it got stuck on a branch, it would have a hole. Oh. It's kind of the vibe my shoes are in right now. Dang. Um, yeah. Mine always get holes like in the where the big toe is. Yeah. I like wiggle my feet a lot. Um, one time I was I was on a river. I was oh. I was uh uh tubing down a river. That's awesome. Where my Crocs. Yeah. And I've had these cro- I had these Crocs for years, probably since like seventh or eighth grade. Uh huh. And I'm I'm going down the river. One of the Crocs, due to their buoyancy, right, floats off of my foot. Frick. So I frantically I'm frantically paddling, you know, I'll, while also trying to protect the other Croc. Yeah. Trying to get this this other croc, and I I I go out ahead of my family, right? They're like, Trevor, where are you going? You're gonna lose us. <laughs> and I'm like, No, I have to do this. Yeah. Um, so I go, I lose. It, it gets stuck on a tree, and you know, the river being a river, it continues to flow. Right. And I I I float. I continue to float down. Uh, and uh, you know, my croc back there, it now in the distance. Yeah. Um, and I guess my family didn't notice it because they didn't pick it up for me. <laughs> um, but then later on, I find this flip flop, <gasps> presumably from another person's foot. Who met the same unfortunate fate as you. Yes. And it was the same size, too. You. So for the Did duration wear that of the rest of the river trip, I was wearing someone else's flop. I, I had my original croc on one foot. And the uh, and the other flop on the other. I guess it's hopefully been cleansed by the river. Yeah. But like it could have foot fungus in it. Well, I did get some warts after that, so that's yeah. it's possible. I'm gonna say, but I, I well maybe I had them before that. So if someone else found my croc, they might have foot fungus. Hmm. Um. The the, the person who lost their flip-flop went back around mm-hmm. they did another loop on the the river that that's right. famously loops <laughs> and then they it found was, your croc it was just a lazy river <laughs> in like a hotel um <laughs> so i could have gone back around but you know i we were, the park was closing so yeah what can you do uh i have a remarkably similar story really i went to whitewater camp at the whitewater center mm-hmm. uh and I got bullied there a lot, actually. The whole, so this whole episode's kind of tying in. Yeah. This fucking dude named George was oh. really mean to me. Uh, that guy was a jerk. But we went to this river. We went kayaking on this river, and afterwards we would hang out in the river. And my, this was post-kayaking, but my shoe fell off. George fucking pushed my kayak like onto the bank. Like oh. We were rowing next to each other, and he would hit my kayak and push me off. 
and I had to get out to like move it back on into the river, and the counselors yelled at me for getting out of the water. I was oh. like, George, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> what know. an evil thing to do. And he was, this was your buddy, right? This was your friend. Oh, no. Oh, you hated this. You didn't he, like this. Guy. He was so mean to me. Oh, no. Like, actively. There were other instances of him being mean? Yeah. He pushed me off the ropes course. Really? And they yelled at me for jumping off because they thought <laughs> I was doing it on purpose. We had harnesses. Yeah. But he made me dangle. Oh, that's on the roast course. He actively tried to hurt me. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> this guy was crazy. What if the what if it had failed and like you had broken your bones at the bottom? Exactly. And then they would have thought I jumped on purpose, apparently. Because they couldn't tell that fucking George was pushing Lily, me. Lily, why did you break all your bones? <laughs> why would you it do was that? George. I swear it was yeah, George. Okay, he pushed Lily. Me. Uh George, we're going to give you one of our special camp medals <laughs> no, don't for give letting George us medal. know. And Lily, you're going to get reprimanded <laughs> and sent back home. My bones. Campers, pick her up. <laughs> Take her away. While George is carrying me away, he like punches the broken bone a whole bunch. <laughs> Ow. Ow, George, stop. George, please. Hey, hey, are you complaining over there? You know we, you can't complain over there at this camp. No, <laughs> stop literally it. literally what they did. This isn't even far off from what happened. <laughs> really? <laughs> this sounds like a... Uh, what kind of camp was this? This was just a... a what do you mean? I don't know. Was it like an out... I guess it was an outdoorsy yeah, camp. Yeah, it, it was an outdoor day camp. If I had to sleep with George, it probably would have fucking got, got my throat slit midnight. <laughs> God, holy shit. <laughs> Hey, what are you doing bleeding out over there? You know that's not allowed. Stop that. George. Yeah, okay. Don't quit blaming others for your own problems, all right? We deal with our problems here at this camp. Yeah. Um but I lost wow. my shoe in the river. I never got it back. That oh. was that was where that I got I got distracted cuz I remembered George. But that was why the story connected. And I just I had to go the rest of the day without a shoe and George probably made fun of me for it. Probably. You think behind your back or in front of, or to the counselors, maybe. I remember one time he was making fun of me. I was walking with a group of people, and he was actively like, hey, isn't Lily fucking stupid or whatever? Like, with me in the group. And they were talking about it with me there. Oh, my God. I don't know what was so hateful at this camp. Maybe my child's mind is making these memories worse than they are. How old are you? I don't think so. Like, 10 or 11, maybe. Okay. I know for a fact he fully maliciously pushed me out of the river. Yeah. That one for sure. You the think... other stuff might be getting warped by my hatred for George. I couldn't say. Now you had you did say you did some bully worthy things. Were you were you uh doing those sorts of things on this camping trip? I might have been uh... talking about Pokemon. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's not so bad. A lot of kids like Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know. I mean, I was an awkward and shy child. Yeah. But me now, that's l- even less of a reason to push someone out of a river and shove them off a ropes course. Yeah. Because that ch- that child would like it even less than a, than a normal one. <laughs> You're saying like the regular talkative sort of gregarious child would like being pushed off a ropes course? Well, they probably wouldn't like it. But me, being the super abnormal child who's not confident in themselves... Mm-hmm. Um, would like it even less. Yeah, yeah. If uh, maybe George's friend, if George had a friend, he did have a friend. Did who was kind of like basically his stereotypical bully sidekick. Ah, 
can't remember his name. Might have been like Billy. <laughs> Probably something like that. Sounds about right. Um, Billy. Um, what's it? Did Billy do anything or he just kind of stand there? I mean, he laughed when I got pushed out of the river. Oh. And the counselors yelled at me. Do you remember this one other guy who was like, she didn't go out of the river on purpose. She got pushed. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what the counselors said. But I don't remember that guy's name. So that just it goes to show how much negativity sticks in our brain. I don't remember the guy who stood up for me. Wow. Huh. I guess, yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a, yeah. It is the bad things that, that stick out instead of the good oftentimes. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Let's go around and say some happy memories from our childhood. <laughs> um, there was one time where I was getting a bagel with my dad. Oh no! And then someone came and slapped the bagel on my hand. <laughs> that's not. That's not a good example. Um. There was one time where we were playing that parachute game with uh with like cat and mouse like people would run under and like someone would be the cat and try to slap you and get you but then oh I was the mouse and someone hit me really hard in the head so that's not a good it's not a good one either oh shit um, uh I'm going to pass ah! Trevor, no! Oh, God! Trevor, what's going on? Trevor, what's wrong? I can feel the knowledge bulging against my skull! Oh, crikey, that's no good. I gotta get it out. Okay, let's... I don't know why you're Australian. How are we gonna do it? Um, We have two questions this week. That's right, we have... Are we just gonna say both of them? Well, uh, let's try to... I'm gonna try to mix them together. Okay, go for it. So, uh, our friend... Bryce Marley yeah, um, yeah. is having a problem because uh, they need to sign a lease, uh, but their squirrel isn't around to help them out with that. So how how do you attract a squirrel to sign the lease that you need to sign for your apartment? Because the squirrel is like a guarantor for the apartment. So they need to like put their little squirrel print on the page too. Okay. Okay. It's the synthesis. So just how do you befriend a squirrel? Yeah. And the squirrel also happens to be like like a notary. <laughs> yeah. Type exactly. Deal. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of squirrels on our campus. That's right. Um, I assume because there are no natural predators to hunt the squirrels. No. Because there are a bunch of people around. Usually, I assume like coyotes would attack and kill squirrels. Right, um, but we food. fend them off, and we don't we don't eat the squirrels anymore. Exactly, we've moved past that as a society, so now they have no predators. Yeah, and they're you know they're all over the place, and they're pretty friendly. You can get pretty close to them, um, but befriending them. Yeah, there's that, it's one thing to be close to somebody, but I'm not friends with everyone I brush shoulders with on the street. Exactly. So like, how do you really get in there with a squirrel? Yeah. Um. Try to find a common interest. Mm-hmm. Maybe sit around eating acorns. That's right. Yeah, and they'll come up. You know, you're looking to get them to come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gives you a conversation starter. Like, what's your favorite type of acorn? Yeah, exactly. What's your What's the the best location 
uh, to hide a nut for the for the long winter. Right. How how big your cheeks? We're mm-hmm. talking milliliters here. How many how many milliliters you fit in your cheeks? That's right. Um, and um, squirrels are very. I like how squirrels move. They're kind of like, like they're like they're not like it's not a flow. It's more like a t- 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 right. T- and they um, can like they can ignore gravity too. That's true. Which is pretty sick. They yeah. just be crawling up trees, crawling up walls. Yeah. And the um, ceiling and everything. And that's part of what makes them such great notaries. <laughs> yeah. Because the, one, they know how to store their resources properly, right? So that you know that they're going to have enough to pay for the, the apartment. Um, oh, are they like your roommate? <laughs> well, you know, if they're like a guarantor. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're they're... They're the ones making, ensuring uh, to the landlord that they're going to have enough. And uh, by God, the the squirrel to, or the the nut to dollar exchange rate has never been uh, more fruitful for for, uh, for in the benefit of squirrels. You know, they, right. there's a one nut is like worth five dollars, which which is a lot. Like the day a squirrel can't pay for my apartment mm-hmm. with its collection of nuts is the day I. Move out of my apartment. Exactly. That's the day. Yeah. Um, That's not to say that day won't come. So I think what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to get a bunch of nuts to show the squirrel that you're wealthy, basically, right? right? That you have a lot of of funds on your own right. Um, I like for all my friends to have a lot of money. mm -hmm. And for squirrels, the equivalent is acorns and cashews and whatnot. Exactly. Stored in various holes. And, and and dirt. Yeah. Think around. about how much you would like to see a human who has big old barrels of money buried around their backyard. Exactly. How much you'd like to be friends with that person. That's gonna be you to the squirrel. Yeah. Um so uh and then you're gonna want to start throwing the acorns toward the squirrel to try and attract it closer to you. <laughs> Last wheelbarrow full of acorns. Here. Here he comes. Everybody, be quiet. He's, he's coming. Hey. Hey, get the landlord over here with the camera so they can see. I have my squirrel ready. My squirrel's ready to go. Hey, little guy. Mm. How's, how's it going? Can I have some of those? Hey, yeah, these are for you, man. I was... You come around here often? This is my tree. This your this tree's my backyard. I own this tree. You what? I have the documentation. What the landlord, you didn't tell me I didn't own the tree on my property? Oh yeah, I was talking about a squirrel, yeah. What? You gotta tell me this before I sign the lease. I implied. Yeah, it's I don't think this is this tree was the whole reason I wanted to live here. That's too bad. Because it's my tree. I'm not trying to take it away from you, Squirrel. We, That's what it sounds like. We have a common interest against this landlord. As the renting class, we need to rise up against this guy who's trying to rip us both off. I don't know about you, but I have plenty of money. I have tons of acorns buried all around this backyard, so I do not need your support. And uh, if you keep talking to me like that, you will be kicked out of this apartment. Okay, pal, listen. I didn't want to be rude, but acorns aren't worth shit. That's I fine. got these for you because they're fucking dirt. They're, I could, it would have been harder to get a barrel full of dirt. That's not true. Squirrels are very valuable. <laughs> I 
Yeah, you're not worth fucking shit, pal. Hey. If I hit you with an arrow and tried to sell your meat at the market, no one would fucking buy it. That's the fact of the matter here. And I don't want to hear anything from you, landlord, because I'll do the same to you, your body. And they'd probably kick me out for bringing in infected meat. We would kick you out for infected meat. Right <laughs> you now. own the fucking meat market, too? I own the meat you market. You piece of right shit. Now. I hate you. So I was on the lease. Read your lease. Gotta read your lease? You can't even read. Your eyes are on the side of your head because you're not even a predator loser. But can you do this? <laughs> oh, get away. Ah, he bit my balls. <laughs> Ow, my balls. Ow. <laughs> Squirrels in my pants. It's biting my balls. How valuable are these nuts, huh? Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> no, those are the most valuable ones. But <laughs> But uh, da, da, da. Hey, that's gonna be it for today's episode of the All That in a Glass of Water podcast. Um, tune in next week, where we're gonna kill all the rest of the gray squirrels in America. Next week's the season finale. Is it? Oh, geez. I think so. Right, episode sixteen. We said it was gonna be. Yeah. No, we that's gotta, right. We gotta go to the freaking zoo. Yeah. So be sure to. Email your questions to all that in a glass of water at gmail.com. Um, but for now, uh, don't stay- let the river take away your shoe. That's I right. I think we should start having like a little life lesson at the end of every episode. Yeah, sure. I like that. Um, this week's life lesson um, if you're getting bullied by a squirrel, uh, bring a coyote home. And no, if you're getting lesson. bullied by a coyote, mm hmm. Get the wife in there. That's all for now, folks. I've been your host, Lily. I've been your host, Trevor. Goodbye, everybody. Sleep tight. Um, you don't. You don't even gotta ask Martha Stewart how to make a snow angel. How exactly. to make a little paper snowflake anymore. Yeah, you can just look that up. Look it up from Wiki. How.